So Money Episode 703, Dr. Habib Sadegi, author of The Clarity Cleanse. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Thank you for joining me here. I am your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Question, do you think that everything in life happens for a reason? I had a friend in college who actually thought that everything that happens happens for a reason and everything that happens is right. And that's a pretty hard one to swallow, right? Especially when you think about all the tragic events in our history. But our guest today is probably in that camp. He does think that everything happens for a reason, and he would even go so far as to say that everything that happens is meant to be, especially when he reflects upon his own life. Dr. Habib Sadeki is the co-founder of the Beehive of Healing Integrative Medical Center in Los Angeles. He is known as the healer to the stars. He's helped celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow and Coldplay's Chris Martin improve their emotional well-being. To say that Dr. Sadeki is unstoppable is an understatement, in my opinion. He arrived at his success despite many odds. He was a burn victim at the age of six with over one-third of his body suffering from third-degree burns. At 21 years old, in the midst of medical school, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer and given just a 30% chance of living. And to meet him today, I get the impression that he is a super giving, positive, and enlightened person. How is this possible? Well, his new book, The Clarity Cleanse, has just been released. It captures Dr. Siddiqui's 12-step guide to working through the emotional issues that hold us all back. It also teaches how to increase our physical health and energy all the while. And Dr. Siddiqui is living proof of his own method. Here we go. Here is Dr. Siddiqui. Dr. Habib Siddiqui, welcome to So Money. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, Farnoosh. It's, it's really a privilege and honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I want to dive into your book, The Clarity Cleanse, as the healer to the stars. One of your more high-profile clients is Gwyneth Paltrow. But before we get to all of that, I want to talk a little bit more about you. I think one of the things that really stands out about you, and I don't know you that well, but we have spoken on a few occasions. I have met people who speak very fondly of you. You radiate this positivity that is very appreciated, but where does it come from? The world is a scary place, and it seems like these days um, it's hard to stay positive all the time. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um well, I, you know, I, I think uh, perhaps what you're describing as the radiance or light, perhaps it comes from, you know, what what uh, what I'm all about, which is how to create an uh, emotional management system, how to really create a septic tank inside that would allow us to have this space, the centeredness, and not to get triggered so readily. You sent me a, a video recently where you were in Florida because that's where you felt you needed to go in the aftermath of that horrible 
high school shooting. What guides you? How are you making choices for yourself on a day-to-day basis? Well, I, you know, the whole idea of being aware that there needs to be a septic tank, the cover of the book, The Clarity Cleanse, is really probably one of the most um, important message. The cover of the book is an empty cup. And I can't tell you um, how many clients I've seen, and these are really powerful beings in the world, and they're having, you know, amazing conversations that they end up getting sick. I mean, you know, in, in the world of finance, I mean, you can list them, right? Lloyd uh, Blankfein, Andy Grove. Lloyd, I, I think, is from Goldman Sachs. And Andy uh, Grove yeah. from Intel. Robert Benmunch from AIG. You know, Steve Jobs, obviously, from Apple. Warren Buffett. I mean, you know, it, it's not an accident that so many powerful people, they end up with cancer, whether it's prostate cancer or colon cancer or thyroid issues or neurological issues, what I have seen, and I really consider myself and what I do and to be privy to a Petri dish, if you would, you know, a lab where you see people, how their consciousness can create their physiological state. In the book, I refer to it as how our biography dictates our biology. And the reason that I accepted your invitation and for me to be here and the message that I want to get across, it's just that, you know, so many people, they they start a conversation, whether it's in finance or politics or entertainment, and they become amazing at what they do. They become part of the creme de la creme, but they ignore their physiological state. They don't really create an internal cup. And in the long run, they get, you know, they get overwhelmed and they get sick. I love what you said about biography is biology. Your biography, Dr. Sadegi, is extraordinary. I just want to share with the audience a little bit about your upbringing. You were in a burn unit at the age of six. 35% of your body had third degree burns. You experienced testicular cancer in the second year of medical school, and you were only given a 30% chance of surviving. You were told you couldn't have children, and yet here you are, you're a dad today. So feels like a miracle. Do you, are you of the philosophy that life happens for you and that there are no mistakes in life? I love that. Or, 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 or even, you know, gosh, you can go to the extent of saying that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I can see that. Look, um, if we were to peek out here in the real world, it's tough. People are suffering. I get that. But it's the context and it's the contact, you know, the contact lens, if you would, or the pair of sunglasses that you look through that can create your internal, that can create our internal state. You know, I've just like most of us all, every human being goes through a certain level of turmoil, frustration, suffering, um, dis-ease, sickness. Yeah. I mean, I was a kid when I was six years old. I, I, uh, I fell in a, you know, in a pot and I started cooking and, uh, I ended up, you know, eight months in a burn unit and that was the easy part. The tough part was when I was discharged and I needed uh, a graft, a skin graft in the left side of my body because it had keloid up and my parents didn't have the resources. So just the rehabilitation of every other day, having people, you know, hold you down and they would straighten your left arm and 
back and forth and just, you know, to access that level of pain until you cry where there is no voice, where your voice leaves you. You know, or, or being diagnosed with testicular cancer at the you know, age of 26 in medical school. And the background, this was 1997, and the background was where Scott Hamilton nearly died of the, the gold skater um, from testicular cancer. Uh, Lance Armstrong, uh, he, gosh, part of his brain was taken out. Part of his lungs were taken out from testicular cancer. So people were just, you know, really painting a picture that was really dark. And somehow through the fog of fear, I managed to see the light and to trust my own, you know, gut feeling, intuitive sense. And even though uh, walking away from City of Hope, where I was told that, look, you got 30% chance of survival, and they were recommending for my entire gut to be filleted open. It's called retroperitoneal lymphadenectomy. It's a 16-hour surgery. And after that, they were recommending radiation and at least four cycles of chemo. Look, I'm, I'm a medical doctor. I'm not advocating that this is for everybody. But for me at the time, tuning in, I chose to walk away. And I didn't do any of that. And you're absolutely right. I have to, you know, we have my beloved and I, Sherry. She actually, uh, we met in New York. I did my internal medicine uh, uh, clerkship and uh, um, residency at Long Island College Hospital. And she went through Columbia Dental School. And, you know, we moved down and we're happily married. And we got two kids, 10-year-old Hafez and four-year-old Hannah, the traditional way. But, you know, I'm here because I want to share my story because I tell you, I'm not alone. There are a lot of people that they're given death sentence and, you know, and they don't necessarily have to believe it. They can take it with a grain of salt and then they can tap in and use their own intuition. And that's what really the Clarity Cleanse is about. It's about how to create a cup, how to create a context and how to comb through all the data, the information that comes at us. Can you share one step to the Clarity Cleanse? I know that you the book is not about how to feel good per se, but more you talk about this sort of metabolism of shame. I think uh, a good step would be just to be aware. In the book, I talk about metabolism in Greek. It simply means ceaseless change, endless change. And I have found as a medical doctor and as a person who spends significant amount of my life studying how psyche, soul, psychology works, and I actually have a master's in spiritual psychology with emphasis in consciousness, health, and healing, and I put it together. I put the psychology, the spirituality, and the physiology together. And to my knowledge, and I read one to two books every week, there no one has ever done that. This is the first time that that a person has stepped forward and they've created a language that can that we can now understand what is metabolism. You know, metabolism as a ceaseless change has a system. You know, there is a system to this madness and the system always starts with catabolism. When you look at your favorite food, the first step is for you to allow it to come in and then you start mastication process. You start chewing it, you, you know, catabolism, the breakdown. And it's only later on that anabolism or the buildup comes in. Most of us, we don't really realize 
that going through life, we need to create a context, what I refer to as emotional management system, that will teach us how to metabolize any emotion that comes at us. That could be um, shame, that could be guilt, that could be pain. We were asked by the congressperson and the uh, mayor to go to Parkland, and we were privileged enough and lucky enough that one of our ambassador, Chris Martin from Coldplay, also accompanied us. And we held a three-hour ceremony, a sacred workshop for the parents who lost their children. Now, really imagine that. Imagine that you say goodbye to your, you know, to your daughter or your son, and, and well, you never see them again, you know, and or the wounded children that they were there or the first responders, these officers that they saw what this horrific act. So to hold this space for them through our nonprofit organization that my wife and I co-founded, uh, Love Button Global Movement, and it was just touching to really uh, have the privilege of holding that space and walking people through the process of what it takes to breaking this pain down, breaking things down first before we can give it a meaning. The book is about giving practical steps that people can do on a day-to-day basis, and it really provides them a spaciousness and opening that they get to move forward regardless of what it is that they're dealing with, whether it's a loss of a job or whether it, they're you know stuck in a dead-end job or whether they're in a horrible relationship or whether they feel like they're you know, stuck between a rock and a hard place. And that is what I refer to as, uh, it's a specific form of freeform writing that I refer to as PEW-12, PEW-12. And it stands for Purged Emotional Writing 12 Minutes. And it's very simple, regardless of where you are. They could use regular paper, and I usually recommend that they burn it, shred it, get rid of it. And this is sort of like creating a cocooning space where you get to tap in and to really take a survey of what is really going on. It can really allow us to tap in and to see what are our low-hanging fruits of our thoughts, We've been raised sometimes to try to ignore our thoughts because sometimes we go to those dark places or we don't feel our best and we want to ignore that. So you're saying get closer to that because that's part of the healing process. Absolutely. Because what we reveal, we heal. And what we resist will persist. And there is a distinction here because you brilliantly, you really created this. Being able to think Farnoosh, is different than having thoughts. And that's a misidentification that most people are walking around. So when I sit down and when I have a session, when we communicate and when I mentor these powerful people, this is the most important thing. You need to understand right now here, you and I and and your listeners can do this at home. I'm going to give you four words I'm going to give you four words, Farnoosh, and all I want you to do is I want you to pair them up. And here are the four words, Farnoosh. Ping, pong, mouse, elephant. Ping, pong, mouse, elephant. Pair them up. Wait, am I supposed to put these in a sentence or just? No, just so line up ping with with one of the two animals and pong with one of the two animals that we just that I mentioned, which is mouse and elephant. 
It's a Ping Mouse Pong Elephant. Great. Now, how did you choose that? Well, a mouse is a small animal, an elephant is a large animal. And to me, the word ping seems smaller than the word pong. There we go. It's so brilliant. Now, notice that... Is it really? (laughs) Yeah, you created that. You actually gave that meaning and you created a world and you lined up that ping is small. So I'm going to line it up with mouse and pong seems larger, more expanded. And I'm going to line it up with elephant. Now, having a thought, it has nothing to do with reality. That's why in the book I refer to it as, look, reality is irrelevant. Our perception is everything. And most people, they don't realize that they're walking around and they're having thoughts. And these thoughts are producing chemicals that we refer to as neurotransmitters, such as serotonin, glutamine, glutamate, epinephrine, norepinephrine, histamine, melatonin. And what do they do? They create feelings. So if we're lucky, we feel good. And what do these feelings do? Then they upregulate our hormones, growth hormone, testosterone, DHEA, estrogens, you know, progesterone, pregnenolone. And then what do they do? They create holding patterns that we refer to as emotions or emotional set points, and it creates a personality. Now, I need to tell you that as a medical doctor, what I've seen is so many of us, we get stuck in these thoughts, feelings, emotions, and it's and we get stuck in these holding patterns that gives rise to misunderstanding, misidentification, misperceptions that they limit us, including our financial realm. Well, let's talk about money because when you say reality is relevant, $30,000 in credit card debt, is there's no relevancy to that. That is what it is, right? It's the reality is that you have debt, you have to pay it back, and it can be stressful, especially if you're not making a lot of money, you have other responsibilities. So how do we overcome a financial reality that is difficult, stressful? When I was in India, one of the things uh, after I took a sabbatical, I spent some time in northern part of India, Himachal Pradesh, And I studied Ayurvedic medicine and Tibetan medicine. And one of the pillars that I took away from that training was consciousness precedes phenotypic expression. It simply means that the way our internal world, the finances of our internal world will influence our physiological state. I don't think that it's an accident that all the root chakras, uh, the root chakras are the lower chakras, and they're usually covered by three colors, red, orange, yellow. And the reason that I bring it up is because all every single marketer on the planet, all the PR people, they know that if you want to get people to feel hungry, angry, or horny, you use these three colors. And this is the reason that all the fast food restaurants, they use these three colors because it stimulates a physiological response. Now, if we, we, if we are literally inside, we feel that we're not good enough. If we actually hold the thought that poor is pure, then guess what? We're going to have a 30,000, forget 30,000. We're going to have $300,000 debt. And no matter how much money we make, we will always be caught in this holding pattern because inside we don't feel worthy. We don't feel worthy because we actually think that if we are financially affluent, we're not pure enough. And I've actually seen this. I see people with prostate cancer. I see people with colon cancer. And these are some of the most powerful human beings on the planet. 
that they haven't really created an internal world. They haven't mined their internal financial realm. And guess what? They end up getting sick. So your mind actually does impact your financial well-being. Time now for our Chase Slate question of the day, which is uh, what big ticket item, Dr. Sadegi, are you currently saving up for? You know, as I briefly mentioned, my wife and I, we've started a nonprofit called Love Button Global Movement. And um, one of the things that we're actually saving up for is to eventually have a center where people come from all over the world and we get to work with them. They get to stay, for, you know, for three to 30 days or three months. And, um, and it's almost like a kibbutz, like a healing intentional community where people cultivate what it is to be loving. And then they become ambassadors and then they get distributed all over the world. And really the intention of it is to create a culture of loving. How is it going? How is the savings plan going? It's going really well. Uh, you know, part of that plan, we were lucky enough that one of our ambassadors, uh, Chris Martin, distributed over 6 million love buttons all over the planet. So his last tour, uh, at, uh, let's see, a head full I of I got dreams. one of those buttons. That's I got- exactly right. If you went to a Coldplay concert... By the door, you got a button that says love. And on the side of it, it says lovebutton.org. And that's part of that plan. That's incredible. And all this time. So we were connected before I even knew you. When I got that love button, we were connected. <laughs> I will say to you that Coldplay is is probably my favorite band. Oh, it's such a privilege. Actually, on their last album, the song Everglow uh, has been dedicated to uh, my late brother, Merdad, and I. It actually says for Habib and Merdad. That's so sweet. So can I ask you how you got connected? I mean, that is such a special relationship. And obviously he feels so close to you. How did that relationship evolve? You know, every relationship, and I think you brought it so eloquently, we really are connected. I I remember it's, um, I think it's uh, United Nations building entrance. Uh, There is a saying from one of the poets that comes from the very city that I was born in, city of Shiraz. His name is Saadi. And the translation, it's it's Bani Adam. It's the children of Adam, Adam. And the translation is human beings are members of a whole in creation of one essence and soul. If one member is afflicted with pain, other members uneasy will remain. If you're no sympathy, if you've no sympathy for human pain, if you've no sympathy for human pain, the name of human, you cannot retain. So in a way, we really are connected. And I absolutely am of the opinion that that which is for our highest good, the connection, the relationship, the jobs, the teachings, it unfolds with its own grace and ease. And this relationship was that, for me, was part of that elegance um, that it just occurred. And I was lucky enough to, uh, to see it and to cultivate it. And it's, it's, been, um, it's been an amazing experience. 
My parents are Shirazi as well. You see, we were way connected. What is going on? All of this. I mean, I knew you are Iranian, but didn't know that we uh, originate from the same from the same great city of Shiraz. Well, at least I was born in Worcester, Massachusetts, but I'm one degree from Shiraz. So it's beautiful. So a lot of good poets, Hafez, the name of my son, our son. And Sadi, there are a lot of incredible mystic poets. Sadi was from 13th century medieval. I mean, their writing is just stunning. When you were growing up, what was your exposure to money? How did you learn about money? When I was growing up, my mom and dad, they're both non-literate. They cannot read or write. And, you know, one of the first books that really shifted my financial realm was Napoleon Hill's Grow and Think Rich. Because I realized the growing that he was thinking about was a mental growth. He was referring to being mindful, really paying attention to my thoughts, feelings, emotions inside would create a linguistic abstraction that oozes richness. That is the difference. That has allowed me to be a healer, but to be one of the most generous human beings on the planet, or at least that's the intention that I'm holding. That's the reason that if there is a sickness, if there is an opportunity where I could be of service, no matter how difficult it is, no matter if I have with my beloved get on a plane, red eye in a coach and sit up straight and then get there and just take a quick shower and show up and be of service and then get on a red eye and come back and get, you know, start my medical practice again. I do it not because it's convenient, but because it comes from a place of commitment What would you say is the most generous thing you've ever done? Not that you do any of this for any admission of generosity. You don't do this to prove anything, but describe an experience that you had that was so generous. You even, you surprised yourself. Yeah. Look, I, I went back to medical school and I finished medical school. And instead of wanting to become a neuro ophthalmologist, I chose to be a you know jack of all trade, master of none. I chose to become a family doctor because I wanted to see cradle from grave to be a healer. I actually initially I wanted to become a patent attorney. I have a background. I'm a I have a master's in electrochemistry. I you know I studied microbiology, medical technology. But I walked away from that because I wanted to be part of a linguistic abstraction that oozes healing. And for me, I think not only it's been a privilege, but it was one of the most generous thing. Why? Because I gave of myself. If you, look, it's not easy to go to medical school. It's not easy to go to three, four years of training, of residency. It's one of the most grueling. My time at Long Island College Hospital, it was unbelievable. I was bitten three times by three HIV, fully blown HIV infected patients. I had to go through my internal medicine uh, preliminary year and being on AZT and triple antibiotics and I was puking my entire gut every other day. Every single doctor who is really a healer, by nature, they are the most generous being. So the lifestyle that I have chosen to be a part of I think for me, from a place of humility, it's the most generous thing I've ever done. Was the medical field something you always gravitated towards as a child? Was this an area that you always knew you wanted to pursue? (laughs) No. I. uh, It's it's so funny. He eventually became a patient. 
uh, Noah Wiley. Uh, he he was part of a show called ER. And one day I was uh, doing my thesis for completing my thesis for electrochemistry. The sh- I saw the show ER. It touched me. And then I, I said, you know, I want to volunteer in ER. So I ended up volunteering at uh, Martha Luther King Hospital, Drew Medical Center, which was affiliated with UCLA. As I volunteered through their 12-week program, a few, two experiences occurred for me that changed my life. And I realized that I wanted to pick a profession that was about a life of service. So I completely gave up wanting to become a patent attorney, and I pursued a life of service as a medical doctor. Noah Wiley, thanks to him. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah, he knows it. Yeah, yeah. And it was a full circle when I had the privilege of being of service in that context that it really touched me. Well, it's been so much fun getting to know you a little bit better. We connected earlier this year and have been excited for your book. Just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. The book is called The Clarity Cleanse. As parting advice, Dr. Sadegi, what would you say is your advice for someone listening to the show who is struggling with achieving their financial goals and doesn't have to be someone who is buried in debt, but a lot of us feel as though, and you know this, that we're stuck in a rut and ruts come in all shapes and sizes. But if we are stuck in a financial rut and we feel like we just can't get ahead of it, we can't control it, what's your best advice? I I would share from a place of humility what I started telling my two-year-old son, who is 10 now. Every time we would get in the car, he would put him in his car seat. I would say, you're my co-pilot. And I would pretend that we're a pilot. And I would say, give me my code. And initially, I would tell him the code is 101080. And then eventually, when he was six, he said, well, what is 101080? Why is it that every time we're in a car, you ask me for the code? What does 101080 mean? And I said, "Ah, I've been waiting for this. Every single time that you get, if I give you a dollar, always remember 101080, 10% of it, you give away right away with a smile, 10% you save, 80% of it you enjoy. So what I would like to leave with all your listeners from a place of humility is that 101080, just start with that and things will shift and change. I love that. Oh my gosh. I wish I could give you a hug. Thank you so much for sharing that story and all of your insights. And we appreciate you for all your impact, Dr. Sadegi. And we will be sure to uh, keep following you. We'd love to have you back at some point. Talk more about money because this was not enough. I I love this 101080. I'm going to start teaching my (laughs) three-year-old this. And I look forward to giving him uh, the code. Thank you so much. My privilege, Farnoosh. It's such an honor. And thank you for asking me. And thank you for the conversation that you're holding for so many and being a beacon of light. God bless you. Speak soon. Thanks so much to my guest, Dr. Siddiqui, for joining me on the show. His book is called The Clarity Cleanse. You can learn more about it at beingclarity.com. You can also visit Beehive of Healing. B-E, Hive of Healing. He's also on Twitter at Dr. Habib Sadegi. All this information is back at somoneypodcast.com. Would love for you to check out the site if you haven't visited yet. Download the interview, the transcript, leave a question for our Friday episodes. And there you can let me know if you'd like to co-host. Yes, join the mic with me. I would love to meet you 
and show you off a little bit to our crowd here. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money.